0: Moming today with two moms from Torrington, Connecticut, part of the Unmask Our Kids group that is pushing for students to go back to class without masks. I thought, I thought that might have been possible maybe six weeks ago, but now with the new CDC guidelines, uh, it doesn't look like it is, at least not in certain places. Like Connecticut, Torrington specifically, where we find Liz Patterson has two kids, seven and one, and Danielle Costa, who has an eight-year-old. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, uh, if you can just, we'll start with you, Liz, just lay out why you feel it is so detrimental for children to be masked in school.
1: Right. So, listen, masks, they just, we have studies that show this beforehand, but certainly now after 16 months or, you know, let's see, 18 months of this, um, we know that masks are causing uh, fear and isolation, learning difficulties in our children. They come home with headaches, they're fatigued, and just overall, in my opinion, joylessness throughout the school year because of these masks. And with any medical decision you make for yourself or for your children especially, you have to weigh the benefits and the risks. And so sure, if, if there's all those risks, but there's a great benefit of preventing COVID, then fine. But when we look at masks, especially cloth masks being worn uh, by young children in the classroom, um, there is no significant reduction in transmission and you look at the box, let's say the surgical mask box that they're handing out to kids, it says right on the box, will not provide any protection from COVID-19. So this is my problem. If I'm weighing the benefits and the risks, I see all risks and no reward. And I just don't feel like these kids should be wearing it when they have such a small risk from the virus. Uh, It's just an illusion of safety, in my opinion. And I
0: actually agree with that. And I think the schools are trying, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. I get it. But yeah. here's the issue. So many children have after school activities, play dates. So they're interacting without masks as it is. So you can make the argument, what's the point of wearing masks in the classroom if yeah. they're still seeing each other without masks?
1: Right, exactly. And um, Danielle and I, we talk all the time. We're, we're friends. And, you know, she made the point that these kids, when they have their mask breaks, right, so they're wearing it eight hours a day, but they get a mask break when? At recess, when they're all congregating together even closer than they are in the classroom when they're spread out. So it, it, if we just used our common sense for a minute, instead of, you know, uh, listening to the politics behind masking and unmasking, we need to start using common sense and and see if this is really worth it for our, well, or for our children.
0: Let's bring up the politics because there are some school districts in red states like Arizona, Tennessee, South Carolina that are not, they, they will not force kids to wear masks in school. Um, is that what you're trying to do in Connecticut as well?
1: Well, I certainly don't need it to, I mean, some of those states are banning mask mandates because that's how strongly they feel about it in the classroom. While I agree with that personally, I think it should just be a choice. I don't think we need such strong rules and regulations so much as let parents decide what they wish is best for their children. There are plenty of, if if they said masks are recommended, There will be plenty of parents who are going to mask their children because that makes them feel safer and it makes their kids feel safer. And that's fine. But the people who feel strongly against it should have a choice whether or not they want to restrict their child's breathing based on the um, chances that they're actually going to get infected with this virus.
0: I'm going to bring Danielle in here. But first, we'll have a quick break and we'll have more momming today right after this.
2: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List
0: We are back on We're Momming today with two moms from Connecticut who do not want their kids to wear masks in school. Look, you know, Danielle, I think a lot of parents will say, of course, we don't want our children in masks, but we don't want our children to get sick. And as it stands now, if you're under the age of 12, you can't be vaccinated. So it's it's, it's a hard decision for these educators, these principals, these school districts to make to keep everybody safe if the majority of the population cannot be vaccinated?
3: Well, that's if the majority cannot be vaccinated, but either way, it wasn't the students that weren't quarantining properly when the schools were being shut down. It was the teachers that weren't quarantining properly that were keeping our students out of school. It was not the students' fault. It wasn't the six, the seven, the eight year olds. It wasn't the elementary kids. It was the teachers.
0: I'm going to take that a step further. It was a lot of the adults who chose not to get vaccinated just because they didn't feel like it. It's one of the reasons why we have an astronomical spread of the Delta variant and our kids are being forced in some places to wear masks in school. Would you agree with
3: exactly. that? Exactly. It's, to me, I'm going to piggyback Liz. It's optional. It should be optional, just like the flu vaccine should be optional. It is not the government's job to protect my health. It is the government's job to protect my rights. And from what I'm seeing, yeah. they're taking all those away. I like Everything that. should be optional.
0: Do you, you know, you have an eight-year-old, and so technically this school year would be the third year in a row where normalcy is interrupted because, because of COVID. Three years, it's amazing when you actually, you think, you know, we've only been dealing with this about a year and a half, but you put it on the school calendar, and yeah, it's the third year. Can you, you know, there was a, a stat from McKinsey um, that said students that actually went to school in person because of all the disruptions, are four to five months behind in basic reading and math. I mean, in addition to, to how they grow and learn, they're not learning. They're, they're behind. Can you talk to how your, your, your child is doing? You have an eight-year-old, and then Liz, too. You have a seven-year-old.
3: Well, it's funny because when my daughter went back to school and they were cohorted and they had to be Zoom taught, I was told that my kid was behind. In reading and when I sent her to school before second grade I was told that she was at a second grade reading level we got sent home with our children what was it June 2020 and my kid was being taught more at home at her own pace and was already at a second grade level before she made second grade you want to tell me how she was behind when she went into second grade Makes no sense. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, my daughter uh, certainly, I I feel like just like a lot of kids, regressed. Uh, I always got, same as Danielle, all these reports of, uh, you know, in first and second grade, she's excelling. She's so much higher than her grade level. Um, And, you know, she kept her spirits up. (laughs) We got to give them credit for that. But learning certainly regressed because for the last year, certainly the last. Um, school year with, you know, in-person and hybrid and then, no, you have to stay home for another two weeks. Now you can come back. It was so hectic. And I think the children and the teachers Just survived the year. There was not a focus on let's make sure everybody's learning what they need to learn because they had to focus so hard on everything else, all these other parameters that affected their learning. And so this next year, we're just going to see a lot of catch up. But unfortunately, if we still have all of these mandates still in place, like it's 2020 again, these kids are going to be at another disservice for another year. And it's heartbreaking. I don't want to see it.
0: At what age do you think? Um, it, it, it wouldn't affect a child as much to have to have to wear a mask all day. I mean, my, my oldest is almost six. And I, I'm very upset that she's gonna have to wear a mask, she will be affected by it. But at what age do you think that changes? You know, is it okay for high
1: school students to wear masks in your view? Well, it, it's hard for like, for me, yeah, I'm I don't have a high schooler, so I'm not seeing them come home and complain. I, I can't speak to them. I just know my kid it doesn't do well learning with the mask on. Um, she has to keep saying, you know what? What'd you say? She can't hear what anybody's saying because everyone is muffled. Um, the reason why we don't mask anyone under two is obviously there's suffocation risk. But I read in an article, the doctor's talking about, you know, well, the children, they keep taking on and putting, you know, putting on, taking off, putting on, taking off. And that could increase the risk of an infection. And oh, I laughed when can. I read that because nice. you think you think elementary students are keeping their masks on all day long. <laughs> They're taking it off. They're Putting it on the floor at recess, they're putting it on the, you know, it's shoving it in their backpack and taking it off. So talk about increased risk of an infection. I don't care what age you are. If you're a high schooler, you're probably not wearing your mask properly, like a surgeon would do in a medical floor. To compare, a lot of people compare our children to doctors, right? They're not the same.
0: My kids' masks are filthy, and it's not because of me. I'll wash them <laughs> for the week. I'll wash i I'll wash a few, and then. Well, no, we don't like that mask. That one's too big. That one's too tight. That one's too thick. <laughs> and they just, they want one mask and I can't wash it every day. I mean, sometimes I can when I'm on a good laundry run, but I'm like, this is ridiculous. The, like you said, the masks are everywhere. Disgusting. Yeah. And they're usually like hanging on their chin
1: <laughs> instead
0: right. of the mask. on their
3: eye.
1: <laughs> oh, lovely.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. So you you're part of this group. You're obviously, you know, you're 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 making a lot of noise and I believe people are listening. But are you are you getting a lot of pushback from mothers and parents who disagree with you or teachers who disagree with you?
1: Well, I certainly am not surrounding myself necessarily with people who are going to voice loud opposition. I'm hearing mostly support um uh, from my friends and family. Uh if you post sometimes on Facebook, There will be people who disagree. And I just wish those people would have an honest conversation with me, you know, like you are. Like, let's talk about the risks and the benefits. Let's talk about masking. Let's talk about how it's completely politicized that a state right next to you can have, you know, banning mask mandates right next to a state like Connecticut who is mandating them, even though Connecticut has one of the highest vaccination rates and lowest, you know, uh, positive cases. Yeah. So... It kind of depends on who you're around. I think Connecticut as a whole, there are a lot of parents who are waking up and they're saying enough is enough. No means no. We're not masking our kids. And if other people have a problem with it, um, they're free to do so. They're free to mask their children if they so choose. But it should be a choice for us. Danielle, I don't know if you're seeing pushback.
3: You are. So I'll, yeah, so I'll comment on a couple Facebook things, and right away, people will snap back like, oh, so you want the children to get sick. Oh, what kind of parent would you be is okay. First of all, I never said that I'd want anybody's kid to get sick. Kids are going to get sick no matter what. No matter what, if there's COVID or not, there's some kind of sniffle season going on, okay? Builds up immunity. I would never wish that upon anybody, but Like I said, that should be an optional thing. And especially in any type of medical field where you have to wear an N95 mask, especially. If I was to go on any kind of respiratory call, I'm going to make sure that I'm bringing my N95 mask. And it's not like I can just go and pick out any kind of N ninety five mask. You have to get mask fitted for this to make sure that it is sealed properly. Now we're dealing with one of the most worst pandemic viruses around. Why aren't these kids wearing N ninety five masks? Why aren't the teachers? If these masks work so well, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and for our listeners, Danielle, you are an EMT, so
3: I am a newly EMT. Yes. So you're
0: saying this with um, with some uh, conviction, some experience
1: behind you.
3: Well, yeah, um, they're not going to send me on a run wearing just a surgical mask. Sorry, no.
1: Certainly not these cloth masks that no. our children <laughs> are wearing at school. Forget it. Exactly. Schools.
3: Exactly. Okay
0: think teachers should be mandated to get vaccinated? No,
1: absolutely not. Oh, sorry. Did you ask me or Danielle? <laughs> Go ahead. You can both answer. Uh, it for you. Yeah. I think Danielle even said it before. Any sort of vaccination, any sort of medical treatment, medical decision has to do with you and your family. Your doctor has nothing to do with the government, has nothing to do with these mandates are ridiculous. It should be personal choice with anything.
0: And, um, would you, va- you know, in a few years, you'll have 12 year olds, although there'll probably be a vaccine ready for the younger kids before then. But right Perfect. now there's 30 percent. And I actually thought that number was high. 30 percent of 12 to 17 year olds have been vaccinated. Wow. If you
1: could right now, Liz and Danielle, would you vaccinate your children? No. Liz? No. No, I would not. Again, I'm going to, I keep, I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to weigh the benefits and the risks like anyone. I was thinking about this the other day. Before we buy a car seat or a crib mattress, right? What do we do? We research and research for days before we move. We look at the school districts and the crime rate statistics for the safest neighborhood. Why are parents not researching the same way they would when we're talking about a medical decision for your children? And not only should you be researching, it says, you know, if you look at the uh, the Pfizer, the Moderna, the J&J, all the vaccine pamphlets, they all say that you should understand the risks involved with it and make an informed decision. Now, Don't tell me it's an informed decision if either way I have to say yes. Yeah. That is not accurate. Just tell me it's mandated. Don't tell me I have to make an informed decision with myself and with my doctor.
3: And now they're trying to sugarcoat these vaccines by offering you $100 to get them too.
2: (laughs) I see.
0: Well, you know, and I think the argument is... We're never going to get – I don't think actually we're ever going to get past COVID. But, you know, you can get past the worst of it if you do get more shots in arms, if you just get more people vaccinated. And we've kind of – you know, we've plateaued a little bit. I mean, what, what's the national rate? About half of the country is vaccinated, half is not. That That's not enough.
1: Right. Um, and I think it is – go ahead.
0: You know – I'm, I'm on the fence whether I would vaccinate my children. I, I'm, I'm really not sure. But for me personally, I decided to do it because I've had enough with all of this. Yeah. I had enough. You, we have to and, move and, on. And the way to move I'm, on is to be vaccinated.
1: Yeah. If you're glad that you had the option and the choice to do that, just think about how happy, you know, you made your decision and you went and did it. Now, what if someone said, if you really wanted that vaccine, what if somebody said, sorry, no, you can't? Well, what do you mean I can't? You, no, I'm forcing you not mm-hmm. to get it. You know, you would be all up in arms. So the same people who want to make a different choice, they should be more than welcome to. And when you're talking about vaccination rates, maybe in the whole country, maybe they're low. But we're talking, Danielle and I, we live in Connecticut. It is so high. I mean, over 70%. Yeah, but for, the, yeah. for the 65 and older, it's almost 96% in in that high um, risk population. So we're doing quite well in Connecticut, and I think it's funny that even here we're even talking about still masking our children.
0: And to your and to your defense, the, the rate the rates are high, so you would think that they wouldn't have the uh, requirements for the children either, because the CDC director Rochelle Walensky uh, said this week, and I thought this was a valid point because I saw this with with my my. My daughter goes to a camp in uh, in New York, and it had a, it had a closed a couple of times because of COVID. And her point was, these camps are doing everything that they're supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. they they don't wear the masks outside, but in, indoors they're wearing the masks, and we're still seeing all of these infections. And you know, when you put it like that, you're like, oh gosh, okay, it makes you scared for the school year. So I guess that's where the CDC is coming from. Um, but you're right in these in, in states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Etc. where there are high vaccination rates you, and schools are and camps are still closing, you just kind of scratch your head and maybe you just go back to as normal as possible and roll the dice because children mostly
1: overcome COVID if they get it at all. Right. I totally agree with that. Um, I think we need to start, um, using some common sense, not being so afraid, putting this virus into perspective is so important. Like when we're talking about children dying from this disease or getting this virus, do you realize that children are 10 times more likely to die in a car accident on the way to school than to die from COVID? Now, most people wouldn't know that unless they looked up this data like I did and like these moms on this unmask kit, you know, moms and dads are doing by really looking into this information. So it's very scary. Gosh, when you look at the news and you see the death ticker count on the news, that's scary. It's frightening. But it's also fear mongering because, you know, we're not banning children from riding in cars, obviously, even though they have such a higher risk of dying from that. So perspective is really important as these school years go back on. Like you said, with the camps, at some point, even if everybody gets vaccinated, we're going to have to get back to normal even if this virus is still around. Yeah. And for children who are suffering
0: right now in so many ways, all related to lockdown for opening, then locking back down again and then reopening again, masking. You know, if I tell my kids to wash their hands again, they're going (laughs) to I don't know. I mean, it, they're they're struggling, and and to think that we're doing another year of this is is really it's really upsetting. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Am I allowed to ask if you ladies are vaccinated? You don't have to answer. <laughs> you can say that's none of your business, and I would respect that.
1: I think I'm personally, I think it's a medical de- decision that I'd rather not knowing that how many people are going to listen to this. <laughs>
0: okay, no. I. I I was just asking, because I feel like a lot of people, at least the people I meet, <laughs> because you, you you like, you know, you're not supposed to ask that question. Like if you're a business, you're not supposed to ask that. But most people just volunteer the information. Sure. Have you noticed that? Most people are like, come here, yeah. come here I'm vaccinated.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. It can be a badge of honor. And I get that. And that's wonderful. Um, and I think people should feel comfortable getting whatever medical decision they've decided and they should feel comfortable out once they've made that informed decision. Yeah. More power to them, but it's not for everybody.
3: And people shouldn't love- be shamed if they're not.
1: Absolutely.
0: Let's. I'm. I'm almost positive. Well, we are positive actually, but it looks like we're we're starting the year in masks where you are, and it looks like that where I am too. And hopefully, we don't end the year in masks.
3: <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I would love to get people who are able to read Virus Mania.
0: Virus Mania?
3: Virus Mania. That, Look the book up. It is quite an eye opener.
0: Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> right. Thank you for spending the time with me. Um, oh, thanks for
1: having us. Thank you
3: for Good having
0: luck us. To you nice, and, and to your kids. And, and uh, to well. all the kids out there. Because, yeah, we're in for it. <laughs> <laughs>